today on It's Time. Paul is explaining Abraham didn't even have the law and he was justified. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Galatians. Book of Galatians, chapter 3 is where we'll be studying from this morning. And uh, again, looking at uh, how God's Word protects what we know in our hearts. I think that's so important because if you don't know the Bible, you're going to find yourself prey to every lie that's out there. Everything you need for life and godliness is in the Word of God, is in the Bible. And that's what God has called us to live by. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, let's pray. Father, as we go to your Word this morning, thank you that you have given it to us. That we have a basis, we have a foundation for what we believe. And so as we spend this time in study of your word this morning, encourage each one of us. Give us that foundation that comes only from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now what we find here in uh, Galatians chapter 3, Paul is bent to Antioch. This was his home-based church. And there was a problem because when the Gentiles started getting saved... How much of the law, the Ten Commandments, all those things are we going to put the Gentiles under for salvation? Well, actually, Paul now begins to explain to everyone why the law is horribly flawed in that it could point out man's failure but do little to fix the problem. That's why, again, being in Christ Jesus, you're under grace, not under the law. Now, I'm amazed Friends, continually, as I watch different religions come to my door trying to get me back under the law again, saying I have to worship on Saturday, or lay off the bacon, or whatever, don't eat pork, whatever it might be, we go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, not because, yeah, bacon and eggs, not because, or you don't have bacon and eggs, or any other reason. No. He starts off with these powerful words in Galatians chapter 3. He says, O foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you that you would not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He's saying Jesus was clearly portrayed. He was crucified for you. For what reason? This is the foundation for the rest of the chapter. And interestingly enough, the word bewitched, it's not where Samantha and Tabitha, no, not that, not that bewitched. This word in the Greek for bewitched means to fascinate 
by, uh, and, and again, it's um, pretty interesting, to fascinate uh, like a magician would fascinate somebody. Sleight of hand, by misrepresentation. And so he says, this is the only thing I want to learn from you. I, tell me the truth is what he's saying here. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, of course, it's by hearing of faith. We don't earn salvation. We don't earn the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we earned it, it would not be a gift. It would be wages. On Friday, when you go pick up your check, that's, the boss doesn't look at you and say, I've got a gift for you, and hand you your paycheck. No, you earned that. That's yours. You exchanged your labor for that piece of paper and that amount of money on the paper. That's not a gift. That's wages. But a gift is something we do nothing for. And the Bible talks, talks about the gift of salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now he begins to reason with them that we receive things from God by what? Faith. That's important. Faith is the key. In fact, if we even go back to the book of Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. This is the way we are to live as Christians. So he says, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? By works or by faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be made perfect by the flesh? He calls them into remembrance. He's saying, look, you started off in your relationship with God the day that you prayed and you asked Jesus to come into your life. That's how we are saved. Now, God gave to all of us something we could never earn, to be good enough to go to heaven. I always like to ask, and I've shared this many times with everyone, but it's a, a good lure in Dad's fishing box as... Jesus looked at Peter and says, from now on you'll be catching men. Well, this is a good lure. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Oftentimes you'll find some of the most religious people, they will say, well, I've done the best I can. Well, here's the problem with that. If you weren't good enough and you're standing before God, it's too late to do anything about it. Now, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ made you holy. Isn't that good to know? I don't generate that in myself. It's something God gives us. Now, how do we receive that? By asking, God, please forgive me of my sins. I want my life to be about you. And God says, you're clothed in my righteousness. That's the good news of the gospel. No longer do I have to be earning it, hoping I'm good enough. But now God just gives us that gift of life. Now that's what's so good. He's saying you're foolish. You've begun in the spirit. Now you're getting all tangled back up in the law again by trying to keep the Mosaic covenant that would never save anybody anyway. Now again, always remember this as we read this. And Paul recites this many times in this chapter. If we could be saved by the Ten Commandments, if we could be saved by the law, Jesus would have never had to come and die on the cross for us. Always remember that. You say, well, Mike, I know this. Yes, but here's the thing. The Galatians once knew it as well, and Judaizers, or those people saying, well, 
you know, Jesus died on the cross, and that's really cool. But, you know, to really be saved, you got to worship on Saturday. You, you, you got you to gotta do this. You got to do that. You got to get back under the law again. That's the danger. Now, is the Ten Commandments bad? No way. It's good. In fact, there's a blessing in living certain ways, uh, such as, um, remember, six days you should work. Seventh, have a rest. Well, your Sabbath rest may be a Tuesday. If you're a doctor or maybe a paramedic or a police or fireman, maybe your day off is Tuesday or Thursday. So don't let anybody beat you up on the day that you take a break. But taking a break is a good thing. It's good. It's healthy for you. You see, it tells me a lot about the nature of man. It tells me some people won't work any day of the week. Others are workaholics. They'll work every day. You know, if I just put that little extra... You know, extra day in there, I'll climb over the top. Hey, take the day off, trust God. He's got it under control. He knows what you need, knows what I need. So, he says, are you so foolish? You begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? And he calls them into remembrance. Now, again, we can be religious, but miss our relationship with God. In fact, I'm just going to go over here to uh, Revelation chapter 3. And I just want to read this to you because it's uh, chapter 2, excuse me, verse 5. Jesus is addressing the churches in Revelation. And and he's telling them that he loves them. But this is where you've gone off the tracks. I'll just read this. This is uh, Revelation 2, 5. Remember, therefore, from whence you have fallen... Repent and do the first works, or else, or, and I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He's saying what you once did out of love, now you're doing out of duty or obligation. You know, a lot of people say, well, it doesn't matter how you do it just so the job gets done. That's not the way God works. We can be doing the right things, but have the wrong heart. And so again, his promises, as David tells us, are new every morning. We want to be about our daddy's business. We want to do those things for the right reason because we love people. Jesus, seeing the multitudes, had compassion on them. And and you know, it breaks my heart when I see people out trying to earn, uh, trying to add to the blood of Jesus what God has already given to them. And then they try in turn to go out and make other people try to earn what God has given to them. Verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? In other words, you've gone through all these things, and, and, and are you doing it for no reason? Have you not realized the grace that God has given you? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, the works of miracles among you, Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, how does God do these things? It's through faith. It's always been through faith. This is what now Paul is going to present to those that want to somehow feel they're more spiritual because they keep the law. 
And I've ran into people like this. I've ran into Christians that were once in God's grace. Now they're into Sabbath keeping. And oh, as soon as the sun goes down on Friday night, oh, I can't do anything now. And they become legalists, not enjoying the freedom that's in Christ. Just as Abraham, verse 6, believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because the Ten Commandments didn't come along till hundreds of years later. You know, oftentimes they would look at Jesus and they'd say, well, our father Abraham. Do you realize that Abraham did not have the law and the commandments? See, this is what people forget. Abraham the first Jew, the first one that he separated out, said, Abraham, of you, I'm going to make a great nation, and through you, through your seed, all the world will be blessed. Speaking of Jesus Christ. Amazing. God's just singled him out. We don't find, by the way, Abraham ever doing anything really supernatural, super special. God just singled him out. You say, well, that's, how, why did that happen? I don't know. How did he single you and me out? There we were, stumble, bumbling around the world, and God just says, hey, you, come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, come here. How would you like to live forever? Oh, that sounds pretty good. How would you like to have a real meaning and purpose in your life? Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I, I, in fact, as I look around, I see so many meaningless things that people do. That sounded really good. You know, somebody asked me one time, when, I, when you go to heaven, what question are you going to ask God? And when you stop to think about it, you say, well, God, remember on that Thursday afternoon when I lost that half-inch wrench? Where did it go? No, I don't think we're going to be asking those kind of questions. I think when we get to heaven, the question that I have always wondered about is, God, why did the gospel message make sense to me? Why did I understand that my life was, was created for something, and what was it? And why did the gospel make sense to me that I would accept what you did for me? I guess the question in heaven, if somebody was to ask me, what is the question you're going to ask God? It would be, why me? Why did the gospel make sense? You know, it's an amazing thing. The Bible says before the foundations of the world, God knew the decisions that you and me would all make. That's why the Bible says we're predestinated. Not in that God predestinated us for heaven, but it's that we chose him. Now the Bible says he chose us. In fact, John 3, 16 says he chose the whole world. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So God gave an open writ to everyone saying, whosoever will may come. But why I responded to that, why you responded to that and said, you know, that makes sense. You know, I I talk to people all the time. uh, Isn't that funny how little things will change our life? Where there's just that message of the gospel. I've had people say that they heard the gospel for a long time, a long time, a long time. And then one day it made sense. You go, wow, I get it. It's like the old thing where the person shares the Lord with everybody. Everybody's praying for the guy, and, and he just laughs it off, doesn't want to hear anything about the Lord. And he's walking down the street, and a piece of paper sticks to the bottom of his shoe. He pulls it off. It's a gospel track. He reads it and gets saved. How is that? It's God. 
God works in many ways. In fact, I, I want to, if you don't get anything else out of this today, two things. One, we're saved by grace. And two, God works in ways we don't understand. I like that. A lot of times, we are, our God's too small. We like to put him in a box. I know exactly how when I pray, God's going to answer my prayer. And God goes, nah, I'm going to do it like this. You know, this blows us away. You go, wow, God, how do you do that? Well, God's ways are a lot bigger than our ways. And when God answers a prayer, usually he doesn't, he, he's put that situation into our life that we'll pray about it so there will be a much bigger answer than just getting our prayer answered. Therefore, verse 7, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. So just as Abraham was saved by faith, without the Ten Commandments. And this is something, friends, when these people come to your door and tell you you have to worship on Saturday, you have to do this, you have to add to the blood of Jesus, this is why we categorically reject what they say. Now remember, Paul is writing to the churches scattered throughout the area of Galatia, modern-day Turkey. And he's writing them because they had started off in faith. They believe like you and me do right now. But through, well, as we use the word, fascinate by deception, being bewitched, they began to buy in saying, well, I guess we do have to keep the law. I guess we do have to uh, keep the Sabbath. I guess we do have to keep... They got fooled. So he's saying... Abraham was justified by faith without the law. And if you're in faith, you're just like Abraham was. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the nations by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before I am saying, in you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And by the way, any promise is an act of faith to the believer. Okay? Get that? It's like when, when you, uh, your, your, your kids sometimes have to exercise this. You say, well, honey, if you'll use the little potty, I'll give you some candy. I won't bother to go into all the details why that comes to my mind. But I don't know how they think. But anyway, that's another whole topic. Like I shared, it's a good thing that God puts a mom and a dad in the family because if it was just one, you might kill your kids and it's no telling how juries look at that nowadays. So that, you know, no, honey, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but no, you, you say, look, if, if you use the bathroom, dear, I'll give you some candy. That's an act of faith because it was a promise of a promise that was to come. It's the same way for all of us. And we exercise faith all the time. Sometimes we exercise faith in the wrong areas and do the wrong things. But as we look at this here, he says, beforehand, in you, all the nations of the world would be blessed. So here's the thing. Abraham, that there's going to be a promise to you that through your descendant, the whole world is going to be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with the believing Abraham. See, Abraham, and this is the idea, directing this to the Jewish nation, saying, no, you've you got to keep all the commandments. You've got to do this. To be right with God, you've got to do all these things. 
Paul is explaining Abraham didn't even have the law and he was justified. See, and the reason I share this with you this morning is because I want you to know how to defend yourself when people come to you saying, no, no, you got to, we're, we're, we're uh, we, you know, we, we keep the Sabbath. Well, I keep Jesus. All the, the requirements of the law were fulfilled in Christ. And verse 10 goes on. For as many are of the works of the law, are under the curse. Yeah, by the way, the law cursed us. You see what I mean? You say, well, what, what does that mean? Years ago, there was no speed limit through Nevada. I know a lot of people still don't think there is, but there is, okay? And there was no speed limit. You could go as fast as your clunker could go. When you got near the towns and it would tell you 50 mile an hour or whatever, you'd have to slow down. But out on the open road, let her fly. And that's what people did. I remember a friend of mine telling me they saw a car coming towards them. This was about 100 miles north of Las Vegas. They saw a car coming towards them. And all of a sudden, the car just vaporized. It just started rolling and tumbling, pieces flying everywhere. That's why they put a speed limit in, I think. But the point is, where there was no speed limit sign, you weren't breaking the law. You could go 110. You were breaking no laws. But the minute they put the sign up, 70 mile an hour, anything over that, you're breaking the law. The law, all it does is point out what our limitations are. It was that which revealed to us, hey, you can only go this fast. Well, that's what he's saying. As many of the works of the law are under the curse. In other words, the law can't redeem us. The law shows us what we're doing wrong. Now again, Abraham was justified by faith hundreds of years before the law ever came along. So it's not in keeping the law that we're right. It's by faith in God. Abraham experienced this as well. Now he says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law and to do them. So here's the deal. If you're under the law, you're really not under the grace of Jesus. And the law doesn't justify us. The law shows us how bad we need a Savior. And so it says, no one is justified in the law in the sight of God, for it is evident the just shall live by faith. This is in Habakkuk 2.4. In the Old Testament, this is the way believers, true believers in God live, not under the law, but in faith. Now you say, well, what's the point here? Simply this. Are you trying to earn your salvation or are you trying to just receive what God's given you? You see, the, the law isn't bad. The, the law shows us where the blessings of God are. It shows us how things work. But I'm not justified by keeping the law. I'm justified in faith. You know, the, the, the Bible says, do not steal. Well, what if I want to steal anyway? Well, what's the rest of that? Don't steal, lest the man who owns what you're stealing come home and shoot you with a shotgun. Ah! That makes sense. You see, there's a way to live, and the Bible tells us the way we are to live, 
but the just shall live by faith. Old Testament or new, Habakkuk being in the Old Testament, it was the same thing. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.